Welcome to Power Players in Business and Life with Adrian Richardson, the show where brilliant leaders in business share powerful insider secrets and strategies to succeeding in life and business. Now, here's your host, Adrian. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Adrian Richardson, founder of the Power Players in Business and Life podcast, where I get the honor of interviewing fascinating, big-hearted people who have brilliant minds. Today's guest is Dr. Carrie Rose. She's a number one best-selling author, educator, entrepreneur, keynote speaker, thinkific expert. She is amazing and notably one of Huffington Post's must-follow women entrepreneurs. She holds a doctorate in educational leadership from the University of Central Florida and wrote her doctoral dissertation on professional development. And she's best known for her innovative teaching strategies, methodology, and methodology related to course completion rates, um, online courses, and really the development of the science of learning. Her methods have been shared with Neil's Yard Remedies, National Main Street Organization, JetBlue, and more. And right now, she works with entrepreneurs, online marketers, and businesses around the country to provide the highest quality of learning strategies with the greatest amount of impact on a variety of different platforms. Carrie, welcome to the show. Hey, it's so great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here today because this is a hot topic, especially, you know, talking about course creation. It's a big thing in online marketing. And so I know that our listeners are going to love what they're going to learn about today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yes. And um, just like I shared just now, you're a power player when it comes to the science of course creation. I'd love for you to tell us what that means. Sure. Uh, so, you know, honestly, Adrian, when I um, first got into this, I I didn't like jump headfirst into the world of online marketing or online courses. I was sitting in a world of beer one night um, and the three internet marketers came in um, and it sounds like the setup for a good SEO joke, right? But <laughs> they, they came in and they started talking to me and I was like, what do you, what do you guys do? And they're like telling me all about online marketing, SEO, affiliate marketing, and all of these things that I, I had no idea um, were even taking place in the world. Right. And I was very, uh, curious at that point and, and had to had to learn it and had to understand it because I didn't like not knowing things. Um, and, so, <laughs> and so I jumped in and they gave me access to online course after online course. And what I saw over the period of time when I was watching these is like, wow, these are some, no offense guys, um, but some really bad examples of education, right? Like they mm. were people tend to do what's been done. They repeat processes, right? And so whatever yeah. they've been shown in their education experience, they were repeating inside of these online programs. It's nobody's fault, but it's definitely not based on any kind of best practices. Um, so what we've done over time is we've created a process based on over 500 research studies on how the human brain connects to content. Um, and that's what, you know, we build our courses through uh, to this day. So everything that I do when it comes to an online course and an online program is actually based in brain research. Um, <laughs> so that's when I say the science of learning, that's, that's what I mean. Like it's, it's not just, um, you know, like you do a lot of things that are data driven and you probably look at a lot of different forms of data. Like um, maybe you're like triangulating data. You're looking at like three different sources at the same time to see like mm -hmm. what the, what the actual impact is. A lot of people in the mm -hmm. online marketing space are looking at like one thing you know, yeah. I did this and so I'm going to do that, right? If this, then that kind of scenarios with their numbers. 
when we're talking about 500 research studies, we're talking about meta-analysis. So not just one study under a controlled basis did this, uh, you know, this impact the outcome. This, this means like hundreds of studies over and over again to prove what the power of impact that variable has on an outcome. So what is going to create the greatest impact over the longest period of time? Um, so anyways, or not really the longest period of time, but the greatest impact on that human being for the span of their life. You know, what is right. that like? Um, so yeah, that's where my fascination lies is really in how do we take these programs that are, you know, sitting around with a three to 5% completion rate on average, right? Um, mm -hmm. And making them something that, you know, people will finish and will apply. Um, because I like to look at the world as if like, I'm a little Pollyanna, but what would, what would the world look like if, what would the world look like if every person that purchased these online courses had the result that they were promised, yeah. right? What would that mean in terms of their relationships, their health, their family, their loved ones, their business, their finances, you know, what does that world look like? And to me, that's the world I want to live in. So I want to be a, a part of creating what that is. Yeah. Well, so first off, let me say, most people don't think about course creation in that way. A lot of people these days are looking at creating a course because they're looking for this passive income, right? Like I'm going to create this course. I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to put as many people through it as I can. I'm going to make as much money as I can. And I want it to be easy and not everybody, but that is a lot of way people look at it. And like you said, there's not a lot of thought put into, are you presenting the material in these courses in a way that is easily digestible in a way that people can learn and understand. And because most of the people that are out there creating courses are an expert in what they do, but they're not necessarily an expert in teaching it. Right. And there's, those are two different skills, right? Like that's what you're saying is there's, you know, a way to teach something that works with someone's brain and allows them to learn it and therefore are more likely to complete it and get the outcome that they wanted. Um, and I just think that a lot of people don't even think about that. It's just like, well, I'm going to go on here. I'm going to tell people what I know, show them what to do. And that's about as much thought as goes into it. It's not any further than that. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's not through any fault of their own. I hope I've said that enough times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're just like re repeating patterns and the idea of passive income from an online course is juicy, right? I mean, that's definitely a reason to jump into it. And, you know, um, scaling yourself back from your business and having um, another means to take care of your family and, and having those like, you know, little notifications happen on your phone, you know, oh, I just got a sale while I'm walking through the grocery store. Oh, I just got a sale while I'm taking yeah. a shower. Like those things are great. I'll, I'm all for it. I'm all for yeah. the life of freedom. Um, that that can provide, or at least more freedom than you would have if you were just service-based. But, you know, we found that we were getting as high as 96% completion rates for our clients before we even really started looking at what causes high completion rates, mm -hmm. just from looking at, you know, adding the process that I created, just from using like brain research to determine how we're going to instruct. That was, that was it. That's where all of my fascination in the completion came from because I was like, we're getting 96% and the industry average is three to five, like, holy mm -hmm. cow. You know, there's a big difference between, I, you know, I can't say what's going to happen all the time, but I can say what's possible is very different than what's currently going on in the industry, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's, it's yeah. kind of fascinating. So, yeah. 
Well, and I agree. I, the idea of creating something that allows passive income is, is a way to scale your business and doesn't require you to be, you know, always the one showing up and doing it. And so I love the idea of that too, where I think that um, what's, what maybe people don't consider um, and like you said, I'm not saying people are doing this purposely, right. but it's like, it, it's like, I've been hesitant myself to create a course because I want to make sure that what I'm putting out is going to make a difference for people and that they're going to get results. And so many people these days are experiencing it where they're not getting results. And some of that is because they just aren't completing it. That maybe if they did complete it, they would get the results. So it's not necessarily that the program itself, um, you know, is lacking. It's just like you said, for whatever reason, something is keeping them from completing it. So what, what would you say? Like, what is the main reason that most people finish three to 5% of a course and yours is getting 96%? Um, you know, honestly, I wrote an entire book on it because I don't ever think of things as like one variable. I look at things as like a multitude of variables, like what all are impacting this one thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and the difference, honestly, before I even started looking into it, the difference was just approaching it with, you know, proper instructional strategies, really geeky, <laughs> really basic. But that was, you know, that was what made the difference originally for us. Um, when I started looking into it, I started researching with different marketers what their results had been um, mm -hmm. and what they found. Because when I look at an online program, I look at that as a combination of education and online marketing. I don't see it as just an education program. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's a very dangerous trap when we just view it as one or the other. Like you were saying, like some of the marketers end up getting into a point where like, oh, it's just a passive income thing, right? And then you've got the other right. side of it where we've got academics that create something that never sells. Um, so therefore, yeah. <laughs> you know, it doesn't get completed on the other side, right? So we've got to look at like, how do we, how do we really blend these worlds, right? And for me, the first, the start of everything, and, and this goes for your marketing and your um, course creation and the education side of it, the start of everything is really just creating really solid, really clear outcomes based on what people want to buy, right? So looking at, you know, actually taking the time to do market research in one way or another, right? I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the ask method if you have a list that justifies using it. Um, or you have access to a list or you're running ads. I mean, um, Ryan Levesque goes into some great detail inside of his book on how do you do market research in that method. But like I've seen people kind of take his method and kind of, I don't know, tweak it in a way where it's like this isn't in alignment with what he actually told you to do and you're doing something else. And I'm not sure it's actual like solid market research. Mm -hmm. Or you could look at like what people are already purchasing, like going onto Amazon and doing research that way, you know, and finding out what's already selling and what people are already asking for and what they're saying is the content holes that they're looking for and that's not getting solved and creating something that's based around that. Now, either method is still only going to give you like part of what this process is as far as creating that outcome for them, but it's at least going to give you the start as in listening to people, you right. know. Um, and, and one way or another, however you can go out and listen to people and figure out what they're actually going to purchase. Cause if they're not going to have the same, like a visceral desire to purchase, they're not going to have that desire to complete either. Right. So, <laughs> you know, like either way, yeah. don't, don't make it for you. Don't make the course for your cousin or somebody you used to skateboard with in middle school, like make it for the person that's going to 
actually purchase this program and then get really clear on like what the one major overall outcome is and then what smaller outcomes they need to reach in order to have that outcome in their life. Now, one of the major problems that I've seen since um, being inside of the online marketing space is that people tend to go, okay, I'm going to drop everything I know inside of my online course. Mm. And that's not an outcome based. That's an everything inside your head based, right? Right. Um, <laughs> which There's is a lot going on in my head. Yeah. They, I mean, I'm sure it's great in there, Adrian. Um, but like, <laughs> it's not what your client actually wants to buy or finish. And so we end up with some products that are, I've talked to people who have products that are 25 hours long or 45 hours long. And nothing needs to be that long. In fact, when I yeah. looked into professional development research back in the day, like when I was writing my dissertation, the only time that any professional development had an impact and an outcome measure was based on time was when the professional development was over 300 hours long. So unless you're going to create a course over 300 hours long, the amount of time has nothing to do with them getting their outcome. It's like not proven in anything. So step away from creating these gigantic projects that are horrible for you and them. Like just imagine the length of time it takes to somebody to produce a, you know, 25 hour program. Right. Um, And really start peeling it back because the fact is more than likely you are brilliant, more than likely you have like an amount of expertise in this world where you could really show somebody what you're doing, you know, and doing well and, and ensure that out there. Um, and um, cause I'm talking to the achievers on this podcast, right? So like, if you've got all of these things in place, now it's, it's a matter of breaking it down into how are you bundling it? You know, instead of picturing it as like, here's one giant course of everything I know, well, here's, here are the outcomes that I can get people. And here are the smaller outcomes that are needed in order to get this one major outcome. And this outcomes, of course, and this outcomes a service and this outcome is a combo of the two. Like it, it's more about looking at that bundling and what's going to help and support your customer on their journey, as opposed to just doing a brain dump of everything inside your head. So it's like yeah. a, Step away from that. (laughs) Well, I see this all the time is where people think that the more stuff they put into the program they're selling, the more value it will have and the more likely people will be to buy it. And so they're like, you know, hey, we have 45 videos and a 128 page PDF and, you know, 200 of these and then you get this and then you get this and And they think that by giving more and more and more, it's going to make it just a no-brainer and easy for someone to make the decision to buy. But buying something and actually completing something and getting the outcome are two different things. And for me, I know that when I'm looking at something, I might be really, really interested in a course and I'm reading the page. And as soon as they start breaking it down and they're like, 45 videos about this and this about this and 38 downloads, I'm like, I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. Like immediately I go to, wow, that's way too much. And it actually turns me away. Um, and so I feel like that is really, a, I don't know where people got that information from, if it's taught or they just assumed, but like people think that giving more is going to make people want to buy it more. And I'm the kind of person where if you're like, I can show you how to do all of this in eight 30 minute videos, I'm like, boom, I'm in. Right. right. <laughs> and right. so like you said, I think what happens, this is, I'm glad you just said this because it really just, you know, appeared to me is that they're trying to do too much 
in the program they're selling. And that's why there's a bajillion videos and downloads instead of maybe you focus on chunk it down to like an outcome. And then obviously there's other things they can buy to build onto the outcome. So I'm curious if you have, um, I'm sure you do, uh, like a recommendation on what is a good amount of time or cert like, is there a certain sweet spot of how long a program should take to consume? Right. So, I mean, just to touch on what you're saying, I absolutely agree with you. And I think most people have that response, right? When I, when I talked to my first mentor about this, because people kept saying add value and I came from a different background. So in, in the background I was in, in academia and education, we didn't talk about things in terms of adding value. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, what does this mean? Cause I hear it everywhere, but like, I'm not really sure what that is. And he's like, well, adding value is simply solving a problem. And I'm like, okay, so when you talk about time, my question then back to you is how long will it take you to solve the problem? Right. Right. And then what's the value of that problem in terms of dollars? <laughs> right. Because that's the other right. side of it. I mean, that's really what you're selling. You're selling solving the problem. You're not selling the amount of time. And when I look at time, I look at not just, you know, how many hours is, am I offering them? I look at it as the reverse of it. How many hours am I taking from them? How many yeah. hours am I taking from their families, from their lives, from the things that they would much rather be doing? Uh, I'm sure then than solving the problem, yes. really, they just want the problem solved, right? So yes. I heard it from John Cook, who's a copywriter, a friend of mine, and he said, you know, we're really all in the mattress business. You know, we're trying to give people a good night's sleep. Mm. Um, so focusing on it that way. But for me, I like to see courses that are around that four to six hour mark. Mm -hmm. um, I think they're super reasonable. I think they're super reasonable to get through. Um, and I think they're super reasonable for the course creator to create. You know, when we film our courses with our clients, we do it in one day. So we have like a three days build up where we're building out the content and then we film in one day and just knock it out. Um, and you can do that with a four hour course, but with a, you know, 25 hour course, oh my gosh, how long would it take you to film that thing? I can't even imagine. Um, well, that's a great point because not only are you saving your customers time, you're saving yourself time, but not needing to create 25 hours of content. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, just focusing on that outcome for them, it also helps you put a fence around like what you're going to put inside of it. Right. So if it doesn't, I, I break things down from outcomes into focus questions, but basically like if it doesn't answer the focus question, which is directly related to the outcome, it doesn't go inside the course, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. that's for something yeah. else. If it doesn't help them get the thing, then it doesn't go there. You know, my course is video length running time, an hour and a half to two hours. Mm -hmm. um, but I believe in a different method of education. I believe the student will work harder than the teacher. Um, mm -hmm. So my course instructs people on how to create their online course using my process, but it is going to take them more than an hour and a half to two hours to complete it because really they're only complete once their course is created. Right. That's when they're complete, right? So it's more about what are you having them do you know, and how are you having them be as a result of going through your program? What's what's really missing are those two components in most programs. I've seen a general turn in the market in the last couple of years to make sure that things are action related. But I think there's a lot further that we can go um, when it comes to that. But the be about it piece is something that's hugely missing because let's just say this. I took a course on branding when I got started and it told me I needed a logo and it told me I needed a headshot and a website and some social media presence, right? And 
and I'm going through all of this and I'm like, okay, but what kind of a logo? And how do I even think about hiring someone to create that? Or like, mm-hmm. how do I know if my headshot's good? Like I, I didn't know how to think about any of those things, but the person that was doing the course, they did, but it's just that they didn't offer it to me. Mm. Um, and, and what I mean by offer it to me, there's a different way of doing it. So a lot of times people will spoon feed you their thoughts right? I'm doing a gesture over here of spoon feeding like you can see. A lot of, you know, a lot of people will spoon feed you their thoughts and like, you know, you'll see things like I'm going to tell you the five things, what five things, these five things got those five things go, you know, and that's kind of in, it's in what we call recall, which is like the very basics of learning. You might have called it regurgitation at some point when you were in high school, but it's like, you know, the right there kind of answers to the questions, but a, a right there kind of response doesn't actually require your brain to think. But when you require someone to think about something, they actually get more of an outcome. This has like more research in it than any other strategy that I use. When you're teaching somebody to be a certain way about some things, you almost want to get to the point of what can I ask them or what can I have them do to think differently than they do right now? You know, what's going to create that paradigm shift and how am I going to invite them into the way that I think about it without telling them how I think about it? You know, because we've got a lot of programs that kind of create dependence on the course creator. So people aren't really getting their outcomes when they're done. They've just gone through and watched a bunch of videos, but they're not thinking any differently than they were prior to taking it. Um, So like basically in essence, not a whole lot of learning really takes place in that way. Well, the, it's interesting that you say that because I think that a lot of, like you said, the person's like, oh, you need to create a logo. And you're like, well, how the heck do I go about doing that? And so it's important when sounds like what you're saying and when you're creating a course is that like, if you're going to tell someone what you don't want to do is what you're teaching, telling them to do to create more questions for them that are unanswered that keeps them from moving forward. Like you, you need to be able to answer those questions. If you're going to give someone an assignment, give them enough information that they can actually go and fulfill that without getting stuck on like, well, I don't have enough information in order to go do that assignment. Right. But it's also a matter of like, how do you create the inquiry? So they're thinking about it. They're not blocked from it, but they're, they're thinking about it on their own and in their own terms, you know? And then like, Oh gosh, this is like a little divergent, honestly, but like one of my favorite things to include inside of courses are non-examples. So, uh, you know, you know what an example is. The non is just the opposite of it. So like what's not an example of a, a citrus plant or citrus mm. fruit, like an apple, okay? An apple's not an example. But like if you're thinking about it in terms of courses, it could be like how to do things the wrong way. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, yes. or this, how this logo fails miserably, you know? <laughs> yeah. A thing. No, this, yeah, this is good. someone, of course, but yeah. No, this is good because so here's the thing: is I've done a lot of teaching over the years about Facebook ads, and people, it, it's just like a light bulb is going off right now because people always say like, "Oh my goodness, I've never gone through any course where it's so easy to follow and so easy to understand." And usually, I get confused when I start learning about Facebook ads, and you just made it so simple. And the reason that I do that is because, and I'm just now having, like I said, this aha moment is because I don't just tell people what to do. I explain to them why they're doing it. Like I want people to understand how it works and why they're doing it because then they can think on their own because right now we watch a video, you click a couple buttons and you set up an ad. But if you don't really understand the how and the why and all that stuff behind it, 
then when you go on and it doesn't look exactly the same anymore or that, or something has changed, then they're just like, Oh my God, I don't know what to do. Right. Right, They're frozen. And so, but when someone understands why they're doing something and how it works, like you said, you're kind you're educating them more than just teaching them to, you know, what to do. It's like, here's why you're doing this. And, um, one of the other things that you said, um, just totally forgot my train of thought was on, um, Oh, the examples. And so people would always ask me like, can you give me an example of a good ad? Can you give me an example of a picture? Can you give me an example? And while I do provide some examples, I actually don't like providing examples because what people do with examples is they just copy them because Mm -hmm. that's easy. Right. And so I'd rather give them a template for like when you're writing ad copy, if I give them an example, here's good ad copy. They will literally take that ad copy and take out certain words and just plug them with their own words. But what I like to do instead is give them a template. Like on the first line of your copy, you're going to look for, you know, a really amazing question or statement that grabs people's attention. You know, Mm -hmm. on the second part, you're going to do this. And so now you're giving them the tools on how to build any ad at any time about anything versus saying, here's a good example of something that worked and they just copied it. And then when that Mm -hmm. stops working, they don't know what to do. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love how you're saying also the, the why and the how too. You got to understand that like certain people have to have that information. Certain yes. people are how people, certain <laughs> people are doers. I'm a why and whys are literally probably the most annoying on the planet. But like if you don't tell us why we should pay attention to whatever you're telling us, we tune out. Like I've yeah. been in eight hours worth of professional development on a day and walked away going, I don't know why I was here. Because I never heard the why, so I never wrote anything down. Um, (laughs) So a little more stubborn than most probably, but but you've got to really pay attention to that. Like what are you giving them to attract each learner in? And it's interesting because, you know, differentiation – Um, is one of the learning strategies that carries, you know, it carries a lot of weight when I talked about those meta-analysis earlier. There's different studies. Um, But it's something that I think a lot of people kind of lean away from inside of these online courses because they're static. So you kind of think of things in terms of like differentiation is giving each person what they need at the moment they need it. And so it can be... (laughs) It can be a little difficult um, to do if you don't know how to do it. But I, there are ways to, you know, provide different tools and different aspects inside of your course where you can differentiate by your process for everybody that's going through it. Um, but it really just takes a little bit of forethought and planning there and understanding like what different, different learners need. That's great. Okay. So this has been awesome. This has been really helpful. And I know anybody that's listening is getting a lot of either ideas of what to do, or like you said, they're like, oh crap, I know what (laughs) I should not do now. (laughs) Right. And this has been great. One of the other things that I like to talk about on this podcast, and I'd like to switch gears for just a minute. And, you know, in creating the podcast, a big thing for me was I wanted to educate people on certain topics, but I also wanted to inspire people. And the way that I find that myself and a lot of people get inspired is like, we've all had challenges and sometimes we feel like we're the only one going through them or we're all alone or something like that. And I would love whether, you know, for you to share maybe a big challenge that you had either in growing your business or in the process of this or anything um, that you went through and kind of how you worked your way through that and got to the other side. 
Gosh, I mean, everything was a challenge when I first got started. So let's, <laughs> let's start with that. <laughs> you know, I had, I had mentors and I had people that were helping me and supporting me, but it literally took me a month to make my first landing page and it was really bad. Um, and so like, if you're going through any of those things, like trust, everybody's been there at some point, you know, I was very lucky in that I have um, my business partner who's also now my husband um, with me to, you know, to point out things that needed improvement. <laughs> He's very yeah. good at that. And then actually go do it. He has all of those kinds of skills that I was missing. And so like it, that was very, very helpful. I think that the main process that I underwent, I think throughout this journey, that's made the most impact aside from having my husband, because, you know, y'all don't have him with you next to you all the time. So, like, <laughs> you, your journey. so you know, just looking at things you can do. Um, I, I think, well, two things mainly, uh, or three, actually, sorry, let me do this. Um, having some sort of a gratitude practice, um, mm. because the days will get hard. Um, there are times where, um, sometimes when you have little baby problems, when it's just starting and then when you've grown, you just get bigger problems, you know, um, we call them better quality problems, but they still exist. And if you have a way of just being thankful for what you do have and focusing in on where things are going right, um, it's a lot easier to keep your sanity and keep focused on what really actually needs to happen as opposed to the world is collapsing. Um, yeah. because. The journey of entrepreneurship is lonely it's, and it's different and nobody really understands what you're going through. But mm -hmm. if you have that kind of a practice and some sort of faith in yourself, it can be, you know, a huge benefit for you. The other thing that I would look at is self-care. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, a lot of people talk about it. Are you doing it? Um, <laughs> you know, like, are you... Are you meditating? Are you, and I'm not good at meditating, so I put it out there, but I don't do that one. Um, are you doing yoga? Are you going to the gym? Are you getting enough sleep? You know, are you putting mm. your computer down at a certain time or are you still working at 1130 at night? Because nobody's telling you to or not to. So you have to tell yourself not to, you know, yeah. and focus on what matters, you know, your family and your, your life. And then the third thing that's been most, I think the most beneficial also, I'm tying them all together, but really they're very helpful for me. The third thing is, uh, it's from a Mark Twain expression, is eat the frog. Mm -hmm. uh, whatever the most difficult thing is that you need to do, do that first. Yeah. Um, because I feel like a lot of people have a tendency, and maybe it's just me, and I'm just uh, generalizing. No. <laughs> it's not just you. I have a tendency to put off the difficult things, you know, because yeah. the difficult things are scary. And when you're talking about building a business, it's, it's not, I mean, it is fun and games sometimes, right? But right. sometimes it is not fun and games and there are difficult things that you have to do. And, you know, it's easy to put it off because you don't want to, but the second you can switch yourself to the point where you do all the hard stuff first, it gets so much easier because then yeah. literally like your hard stuff might be done within an hour of you starting your day those things that would have caused you stress or caused you concern or caused you to like, you know, sit on the floor in the closet crying and not to say I had to sit there, you know, but that yeah. would have caused any of that kind of thing you've already taken care of and moved on with your life. Yeah. You know? Well, and it gives you a greater sense of accomplishment. Like when you've achieved something that was difficult or uncomfortable, it's like, 
now you're like, I can handle anything today, right? Absolutely. Like, <laughs> give me all you've got. I, I already slayed this today. Like, I'm good. So I feel mm -hmm. like that too. Not only does it kind of make us feel like crap because we know we're avoiding this hard thing or this uncomfortable thing. And so it just makes us feel worse. But when you actually just do it, the sense of relief and accomplishment is even greater than those couple little tasks that you knocked out that really weren't that important, but they were easy. Absolutely. Um, I think that's great advice. That's awesome. So power players, they set their goals high and then they put their full focus and energy on achieving them. And I'd love to know what you're working on right now. So at the moment, um, gosh, we've undergone so many changes in the last year, even it's been um, super fabulous. I love 2019. I'm so excited for 2020. Um, but at the moment, we're actually working on bringing back our online course success summit. So when this goes live, it should be um, day one of our summit, um, which has been an amazing gift that we've been able to put together. I mentioned before, my husband's my partner and he told me a couple of years ago we were going to do the summit. And I was like, uh, okay, baby. Like I wasn't ready for the frog, right? It's like not ready. Yeah. <laughs> to put together a summit, I will not lie. Um, but we put it together in 2017 and we did it again in, in 2019. And we've put 15,000 participants through our summit with a combination of uh, speakers and corporate sponsors and just really made a huge difference for people. I get notes still um, from people that went through it and how it impacted them. And it's, it's really amazing to get to have that opportunity um, to really support others that are in this journey and, and trying to create success with their online course business. Um, so I've, I'm super excited about that. And that should be going live um, when when this airs and I've asked you to be a speaker so hopefully you'll be on that too. <laughs> of course. Of course. I, I don't want to promise your audience but <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm looking forward to that. I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah. So how can people find out more about the summit? Sure. Um I think it's going to be the online course summit.com. Um that's what it was last year unless it's a different URL than this year. I'm looking well, we at my up, husband we'll now, in the but show, yeah. We'll update in the show notes too. <laughs> if for some reason that link changes in the show notes under this, we'll put the correct link uh, if okay. it changes. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Sounds great. Awesome. So when can people start signing up for it? Um, before this airs, actually. So as soon as it airs, you should be able to go sign up right away and, and get in. Um, each of the talks will stay live for 72 hours. So you want to get in early. Um, so that you have access to everybody. Awesome. Well, Carrie, I just want to thank you so much for being on the show today. I know that our listeners got so much value and education from our, our talk. <laughs> um, and uh, I know, hope people will go and connect with Dr. Carrie Rose. She's a wonderful person, business owner, and um, I'm honored to know her. So Carrie, thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm grateful to be able to impact your audience in, in any way. Um, yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Carrie. Thanks for listening to Power Players in Business and Life. Be sure to click subscribe. To learn more about Adrian, visit www.wearepowerplay.com. We'll see you next time.